Welcome back to another explosive episode of the Your Best Lifestyles International Podcast. Sponsored today by 95.3 FM Jams. 95.3 FM Jams is the newest and hottest station straight out of Philly right now. Download their app to listen to their DJs and morning show around the world. Follow them on Instagram at Philly Jams 953 FM to see their live DJ show. Also, you can visit them at www.phillyjams953fm.com and follow them also on Facebook, Philly Jams 953. That's the hottest new radio station coming out of Philly right now. Download it today. Welcome back to another another episode of the Your Best Lifestyles International Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for sharing. And uh, thank you to our advertisers, our sponsors. You know, the, the feedback is tremendous, man. It's been phenomenal. We really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Like I said, you know, we're in 53 countries right now, 1.3 million listeners and rising so thank you so much for pushing us and helping us become better even during these unprecedented times you know we love to share great content with you guys we love to have on people who are thought leaders who are uh, industry experts in their field who are going to deliver you um, all protein no soy <laughs> you know all protein based uh, information that give you that vitamin that you need, that the protein that you need to self-improve and become a better version of yourself, even during this quarantine situation, uh, even the COVID-19. So this is an important thing. Like every guest that we bring on here always delivers, man. I keep saying in every podcast, I'm never at a loss of what to say about them. Um, they deliver great content. Everybody's different. And I'm learning every day from every guest. And there's no different on this show right here. Because I'm telling you, everything is going to be increased in abundance. Okay? And we're grateful to have uh, individuals come on and share their knowledge, share their wisdom, share their education, share their experience. That's going to help increase your activities of daily living and increase your quality of life. You know, this is very important right now. You know, we want to make sure that we deliver great content that, that you can utilize in your everyday life, man. Not just something that you can think about or use a day and then get rid of tomorrow. No, 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 no. This is something you'd be like, yo, I heard that. I heard so-and-so say that on the Your Best Lifestyle podcast, and that changed my life. Or that was that piece of puzzle that I was missing to put together that can really, really complete my puzzle. Or it gave me that aha moment that, that, that really transformed my life. Not just physically, but emotionally, spiritually, financially, environmentally, spiritually. You just never know you're going to get. So we really appreciate you guys for the positive feedback. Um, it has really blessed my life. This podcast has really did a lot for me. 
I am able to talk with people all over the world. And this is, this is the beauty of it. This is the beauty of it, man. So, And the day is no different. So I'm going to introduce my next guest. He's all the way from Toronto, Canada. And his name is Brendan J. Fox. I'm going to tell you something about this king right here, man. He got it on lock in Toronto. Shout out to Toronto. So I'm going to read his little bio. Uh, not little bio, but I'm going to read his big bio right here. Okay, so Brendan J. Fox is one of the one of the most sought-after fitness trainers in North America. He has worked over 30,000 hours with a diverse clientele, including gold medal ap- Olympic athletes, celebrities, and soccer moms. He currently works as a head fitness trainer at prestigious Medkin, I think I pronounced that right, clinic downtown Toronto, where doctors work side-by-side with trainers. Awesome. He also helped build and develop the team from four to 45 trainers, averaging close to 250 training sessions a day. One of the highest levels of productivity in the world for a single-site personal training location. That's awesome, okay? So, Brendan is the co-founder of the Exercise Therapy Association, where he and his head, where he is the head instructor for the highly popular and regular sold-out Exercise Therapy Association certification. Exercise therapy is for health and fitness professionals or a health and fitness professional who want to learn anywhere assessments and correctives to help people get fit and stay pain-free. Welcome to the show, Brendan Fox. How are you doing, man? I am awesome. I'm good if you're good. Thank you so much for having me on here today. Oh, man, my pleasure. You know, um, to be honest, you... I, I, I ran across your your, uh, your social media page, Facebook. I said, oh, okay, let me reach out right quick. And here we are. You're doing great things. And, you know, obviously I'm in the same industry as you are. And that's like, you know, I love to connect with him. So I want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your productive schedule. I know you're super busy to really have this little conversation with us, man. I really appreciate you. Well, it's, a, it's an honor and a pleasure, and I have to say that I totally acknowledge and appreciate what you're doing, sharing the love and sharing the wisdom out there with everybody and helping people connect that wouldn't be able to connect otherwise. So I think the mission you're on is quite an ab- admirable one. So once I heard about this opportunity, I jumped on and I'm like, absolutely, I'll help this guy out. Even though I don't know him, I like him already because I know what he's up to. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. That's love right there. So how are you holding up right now? doing this COVID-19? I am, uh, I mean, really, I think it's one of those things where um, how we respond to adversity is the most important thing in your life because adversity never stops. And when faced with this, you're seeing people respond in various ways. You know, sometimes people are catastrophizing. They're thinking about how things could get worse and everything else. And then they're not really their best selves. And then other people are seeing all of the amazing opportunities in it and are really focusing on pulling out all those opportunities and everything to be grateful for and realizing that in many ways, this is, this is helping us in many of the things we've been asking for. More time to reflect, more downtime, more time to plan out your next moves in your career. So for me, I look at it like an unplanned retreat and sabbatical to kind of like press pause and then choose a better and even more optimal direction moving forward. So for me, I'm just enjoying it and as an opportunity and trying to make the best of it and reaching out to help those who may not be thinking with as good of form just yet. 
yeah yeah that's awesome man you know high performers man they're gonna look at this as the opportunity and obviously that's what you're doing and that's what you're supposed to do I keep saying this every time it's like if you have a growth mindset you're gonna look at this as an opportunity to grow if you have a set mindset you're gonna look at it as eh, I'm just gonna play video games and you know <laughs> hope it blow over or whatever whatever but um, highly successful people and high performers for high performers are gonna look at this as a way to self-improve uh, like you said reset um, take a sabbatical uh, just do a, a, a personal tune-up pop the hood you know take a look around underneath that hood change the oil rotate the tires you know change check the wires all of this. this is a perfect opportunity and I'm so glad that you said that man because that just let me know uh, where your mindset is at right now so what's what's with the climate like right right overall in Toronto like I love Toronto you know what's the climate right now are people you know still playing it safe are they out and about right now they, you know what's going on so right now I mean people are just connecting virtually everybody's staying in for the most part it I mean it just stopped snowing about a week ago so wow. like, we had a blizzard like last week so it wasn't really tempting to go outside much but now you're seeing people go out, but they're they're doing the social distancing thing, just keeping a fair distance apart. But people are friendlier than ever. Everybody's waving because they all realize that we're all we're all bonded in our mutually shared struggle. So it's it's kind of creating that sense of of teamwork and team unity. And I find you know you're you're running into people that you hardly ever see waving, everything else. So it's a it's a very positive mindset right now. Everybody's just kind of like chilling and uh, enjoying it. And I feel like, you know, I mean, we've all taken a hit in many ways, shapes and forms, whether it's financially and, and whatnot. But I feel like in many ways, a lot of us, once life gets really busy again, we're all going to look back on the good old days of the COVID-19 quarantine. You know what I'm saying? And be like, oh man, remember when I had that work-life balance thing figured out and I had all that me time? So... It's just like a season in life. You just got to appreciate every season for what it offers you, right? Winter, summer, um, worldwide pandemic, lockdown. They all have their unique opportunities there for us. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I, I, you said something about the blizzard. That's right. You know, North America got hit. You know, I didn't even think about uh, Toronto. You know, uh, I stayed in the upstate New York area, Rochester area for over 20 plus years. And I remember those those storms, man, the blizzard comes through. I'm like, oh, Lord. So I, as soon as you said that, I, I started reminding myself about those times up there. It was crazy. So it's good to see that, you know, uh, people are coming out now and, and, you know, they're trying to band together to see what's going on. It's all about helping one another right now, you know, and being mm -hmm. there for one another. You know, it's a big deal right now. So with everybody being quarantined in, they're probably dealing with some type of joint stiffness, a bad posture. Are you seeing an influx in clients right now, an influx in uh, consultations? Uh, you know, what's going on? So I'm seeing a little bit of a pivot and shift in terms of what's mm -hmm. going on. So now people are looking for, you know, they don't have access to go and see, say, a therapist in person and have real live therapy done. With, with another human being. So they're looking for virtual help. And I'm seeing that the boundaries, the physical boundaries are no longer as much of an issue. Like 
I did a session with somebody from Pennsylvania the other day for a, a shoulder problem who reached out to me. So I find that it's kind of breaking down those typical geographic barriers where, and it's kind of a, a difference in expectations. So now people are like, people are expecting sort of a virtual assessment, virtual solutions. So I find mm-hmm. that the whole service offering is just kind of, has, it's kind of in a state of evolution right now. And yeah. I mean, there's going to be two types of people right now. I mean, there's going to be the people that, that pivot with it. And then there's the, going to be the people that remain fossilized in the ways that they've always done things. And I feel like, you know, every time this happens and, you know, it's happening with the fitness industry right now, every time it happens in any industry, you're going to see examples of people taking both approaches. Sometimes people are, they're a little bit stuck in their fears of change. And so they stick Mm -hmm. with what they always know. And then other people are like, you just got to flow with it and you just got to adapt with it because that's life, right? Yeah, that's definitely life. You mentioned about personal trainers, you know, here in Atlanta, personal training, you know, it's like uh, people are just sticking to personal training versus like you got to have some type of specialty going on if you want to stand out in the crowd. And they just, you know, they just figure, like, hey, you know, give me, do these push-ups and do this uh, run five miles, two miles. I was like, that's all you got to offer? Like you have to have a, a different type of specialty going on, like the exercise therapy programs that you have for corrective exercises. So how important is exercise therapy or and or corrective exercise? How important is that for people to maintain good functionality for life? Well, I think what, what people will realize is um, in my journey as a fitness and health professional, I thought it was really fulfilling to get somebody up on stage and win a fitness competition. And then I realized, you know, that that novelty kind of wore off. And then I thought it was really rewarding to help somebody succeed in pro athletics and, uh, you know, Olympics and pro sports. And then that novelty actually wore off as well. And then I realized, like, if somebody's in aches or pains, if you can help them out, they can feel like they got their life back. Because if they can't keep up with their kids or if they've got a shoulder, hip or knee pain, that's preventing them from what they love doing in life, then that kind of clouds their overall life when they have that ache or a pain. So for me, I realized it was kind of a humbling journey to realize it wasn't about the flash and glory of high profile clients, but it's more about helping everyday people get their lives back, really gives you a deeper sense of fulfillment. And furthermore, it's a great opportunity to be able to make an impact because If somebody wants to lose fat, there's many solutions out there. They want to gain muscle. There's many solutions out there. But for getting out of aches and pains, society at large is really struggling on giving effective solutions. Like we all know people that have had a a shoulder problem and they went to see a specialist and they still have it or a knee problem or a foot problem or a back problem. So it's kind of there's a great demand that's not being met for really effective help in that area. And usually if you can take away somebody's aches and pains, then they can start thinking better and just being a better human. Because when people are in chronic pain, they're more prone to moodiness and that'll affect relationships, that'll affect their work quality. So when you help somebody out with aches and pains, it's bigger than that because it ripples into their entire life in many ways that are much more indirect than you might realize. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. 
And that's awesome. A lot of people don't realize that. I know, and I've worked with people who are in chronic pain due to some type of bad posture, or they may have a bulging disc, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, or even um, um, something going on in the, in the cervical spine or the thoracic spine. And they had this pain for a long time, even with post-surgery and post-therapy, and then you got the changes in the biometric pressure, the pain is unbelievable, but it's been 10 years, 15 years since they've been dealing with this pain. It just adjusted this pain, but you're absolutely right. It does overflow into their business. It overflows into uh, their personal life, their professional life, and that's a big deal. And I know with uh, increasing the activities of daily living, like you, like you mentioned, like when people suffer from pain, it really slows them down. It really changes their mood. It makes them a little irritable, grumpy, and everything like that. But when you find corrective exercises and solutions that help them reduce their pain threshold from 1 to 10 or something like that, you know, they feel so relieved. They feel like they, they, you know, like they just struck gold or something like that. And that's such a much more um, rewarding feeling. You know, so you mentioned something about novelties of celebrities and um, elite uh, elite athletes and stuff like that, it, it wears off. Now, I know that those things were great. So do you find more uh, satisfaction working with the everyday, the non-athlete or somebody who suffers from a handicap or disability versus the, uh, the elite athlete or celebrities? Or is it just a, um, it's just a variation of everything? Well, I, I think early in my career, you know, as many of us, may struggle to try to validate ourselves. We feel like adding the profile of Olympic athletes and celebrities and stuff makes us feel better, like, and more worthy about ourselves. Like, as many of us, we'll have imposter syndrome when we enter this career because there's so many different riddles clients will bring to us. And we may feel at a loss for answers sometimes. So it can help, it can help us feel more comfortable in our careers to feel that profile but then we realize that there's something more meaningful beyond that. And for me personally, the joy and appreciation that somebody gives you after they achieve something really great in sport isn't quite as high level as when you help somebody out of a chronic ache or pain. So you can help somebody win an Olympic gold medal and they're like, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Everything else. But if you help somebody get rid of, say, a knee pain they've had for 20 years, they will literally be in tears. And the amount, of, the amount that you can improve and be a positive force for good in someone's life, if you accept the humility of just prioritizing everyday people instead of, you know, giving into the pride of high-profile clients, once you go that route, you can realize that there's a greater fulfillment in treating those everyday people like unsung heroes and helping them get their lives back. So for me, I found it has been more fulfilling with everyday people. So if there's young fitness and health professionals out there and you don't have a lot of high profile clients or anything like that, you're, it's something you're striving for. What I'll tell you is you can go down that road and you can indulge in that curiosity, but you're at the end of the day going to circle right back to where you are and realize that the people in front of you are in their own ways gold medal Olympic athletes and celebrities for the kinds of virtuous things they're doing in their humble lives. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I got into 
exercise therapy and corrective exercises. When I was dealing with uh, corporate America, a lot of my clients was coming to the studio suffering with uh, joint pain and lack of range of motion, bad posture, you know, you name it. And I was like, man, we started doing a lot of stretching and, you know, so I said I have to do something to get into that because a lot of uh, CPTs were not accepting clients who suffer from uh, joint pain or some type of uh, chronic lifestyle condition. They wasn't doing that. And I said, this is a market that's wide open here in the Atlanta area. And I started working with uh, physical therapists and chiropractors and their primary positions, physicians, to really, really um, help clients to increase their quality of living. And like you just said, you know, you hit it right on the nail, uh, Brendan, when you said that uh, they are the celebrities. When, when they had knee pain or some type of joint pain, back pain for 15 years, and you and you help them to get range of motion or decrease the, the pain threshold, all of a sudden, you know, they feel like rock stars, you know, and they, they are more productive. And they're looking at you like, oh, my God, you, you're a miracle worker. So, you you know, you have 17 years uh, I started this exercise therapy association. How challenging was it for you at first? Was it easy? Was it hard? What was the struggle like for you? With the Exercise Therapy Association, um, yeah, it was uh, in the beginning. It was something I got asked to do, so mm-hmm. I never set out to do it. It just came down to reputation and track record of performance in the field. And somebody approached me and said, and the, the guy who approached me, Jeff Mellis, said, you know, what you're doing, other people aren't doing, and you need to share this with others, you know, because what I had been doing for many years was I was taking every course I could making detailed notes. I made a case study of every client. I tried different approaches to see what worked. I'd be at all the conferences questioning all the questioning, all the top experts on different cases I had with clients. And I was making recipes that work for different problems, like a recipe for low arches, a recipe for high arches, a recipe for knock knee, a recipe for bow leg, all these different corrective recipes I was building and Uh seeing what worked best in the real world for instant results and for long-term results, getting clients out of pain. So I was doing this and I was basically pledging my life to it, but I just assumed that other people were taking the same approach I was. And, and he was like, no, no, man, people aren't doing this the way you are. The, your innovations and stuff are very unique because I oversee hundreds of trainers for, um, there's a gym in Canada called Good Life and they've got hundreds and hundreds of trainers all across Canada. And uh, so he was like, no, what you're doing is really unique. So what happened was we, we ended up, it took me, you know, an embarrassing, embarrassingly long amount of time to be able to build the handouts to present in a course with the graphics and the and the assessments and corrective sheets and uh and it was a slow build at first because you know even if we had we had feedback forms and we were getting 10 out of 10 on everything for our feedback and review but the actual process of building up a reputation and word of mouth and things spreading it does take years um especially in a market like the fitness and health and therapy industries which are already saturated with different sources it is a it is a lot more work than people realize but i feel like 
uh, I would encourage people to, to do it if they have um, a curiosity and inkling to do it. But I, the way I would encourage people to go about doing that is be so good that people can't ignore you and be so good that people are asking you to teach. And then when yeah. you get into it, it'll just happen naturally for you. Right. Yeah. But because um, I've seen some people try to get into this stuff and they had ambitions related to money and glory and and uh, puffing up their pride. And I've seen them fall flat on their face. So I think it's just a matter of, you know, get as good as you can and put the students first, like make it all about them, not about you. When I when I teach, I tell them I'm not the hero. You guys are the heroes in your life story. I'm more like the guide, like a Gandalf or a Yoda who's going to point you in the right direction and so, show you how well you can learn and how good and capable you can be. And so I think it's just put in the hard work and effort and have the have your heart in the right place when it comes to teaching. And then I think I would encourage anybody to explore it. I think it's, a, yeah. it's definitely a, a virtuous calling to be able to take your life experiences and use them to benefit others. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I looked at your program and I was like, oh, this is amazing. I love what you're doing out there. And I, I immediately started to follow you. And I said, look, you know, um, I get the emails from you and uh, do catch the webinars once in a while when I can. Because we just recently connected, but I'm off. I said, I got to have uh, Mr. Fox on the show, man, because I love to connect with you. And I think that the work that you're doing, and, you know, 17 years in, in that in that uh, uh, exercise therapy uh, beginning, the way you create it and you put your life into it, your, your, your blood, sweat, and tears into it, you're doing the assessments, you're getting all the positive feedback. A lot of people are not built like that because they feel like, you know, you know, they got to sacrifice too much, it's going to take so long. But, you know, over time, now it's just it's paying off for itself. So most people get into health and wellness or fitness or training and everything like that for the money because they feel like it's going to be good money. But um, once the novelty runs off, you know, are they trading time? Like I know a lot of trainers, they, they, they trade in time for money, working countless long hours. I'm like, no, I can't do that. But, you know, what you're doing is you're adding so much invaluable content to the world, you know, just helping people just become better versions of themselves just with corrective exercises and, and functional training and be helping them become pain-free. And people, like when they come out of uh, physical therapy, that prescriptive care, people don't understand, like, life still goes on. Like, I know a lot of people that come out of physical therapy and they don't really continue on uh, with the recommendations or the routines that they were doing in physical therapy and then they just deal with the pain or stuff like that. So this is what I like about um, exercise therapy, what we do, and especially what you're doing, you know. So how, how important is it for people to continue? If they're coming from, whether it's pre-rehab or post-rehab, post-natal, how, how important are, what are, what are the benefits of continuation of what they was doing? I think, I think it's, uh, what happens is, and what you're referring to is people will fail in the duration of effort they apply ultimately. And I think we need to set the expectation that if you just do the rehab and then forget it, that's like painting over dirt. You're not really sinking these changes deep into the system and committing to your own best functioning long term. And one of the other components we mix in in exercise therapy, and I know 
I know there's a version of exercise therapy in the United States. In, in the Canadian version, we focus on mental fitness as well and sort of the mental therapy side of things as well. And we find that when people don't really follow through, a lot of times people don't really commit because they have lower self-efficacy or lower belief in themselves that they can be successful at something of this nature. Or maybe they've had the pain so long that they just don't believe they'll ever get out of it. So one of the things we do is it's important to train their body and help to help them to rehabilitate their body. But you also need to find those imbalances of perspective in the mind. Because if you don't do correctives of perspectives mentally, then it's the mind that's running the body and it's the mind that's dictating their actions. And those actions aren't going to be sustainable if they don't have a good foundation of thought habits. So one of the first things we do with the new clients is we get them to write out three times in their life when they went from struggle to success and defy the odds, whether that was something in school early on growing up, whether that was in relationships, whether that was getting over a health issue. And we get them to, to make a recipe of these things, like in terms of what did you think or do to be successful here and there. And so what happens is when we start to force them to, rem- to remember these moments of past successes, it energizes them with bravery and courage and enthusiasm. And we find that drives the consistency in behavior. You have to get their self-efficacy built up if you want sustainable long-term commitment to a program because they've got to actually believe that they can be successful and that this is just another one of the times in their life when they're going to defy the odds. So I think it's important to recognize that physical consistency is key, but we also need to recognize that the reasons they're not usually physically consistent is either they didn't get the right expectations set out for them or under the surface they had self-doubt as an imbalance in the mind that took them out or some other mental toughness thought habit that was that ultimately deterred them from consistency in the long term. Yeah, that's great. A lot of people forget about the mind muscle. You know, they just feel like they just want to get in there and just start working out. But you have to be mentally focused and mentally tough to really get in there for, for, for great results. And I tell people all the time, like, where's your mind right now? Where's your mind right now? Sometimes people are not there. So what what would you say to somebody who, during this COVID-19, they they know they need to exercise. However, they suffer from some type of mental health condition, maybe even uh, depression or anxiety, but they know they need to work out. How would you help those type of individuals? Well, what what you want to do is you want to help them see themselves differently. You want to help them see themselves as like a hero in a hero's movie at that moment when the hero hasn't found their bravery and courage uh, before they answer that call to adventure. Because although they may be experiencing some depressive or anxious thoughts, we know that their highest potential is that they could be 10 out of 10 disciplined. They have that potential in them. They could be 10 out of 10 positive if they made the choice. They have that potential in them. They could be 10 out of 10 resourceful. They could be 10 out of 10 on all these virtues of character. They have that highest potential in them. But what we want to do is we want to be able to ultimately create a big enough why in terms of why should you actually go to war with 
these things like poor fitness and inactivity. And there was a uh, one of the one of the things we use in, in exercise therapy is we have a tool called the Frankel process where we get people to map out in their life who they're here to love and care for. Because, you know, taking care of yourself is a gesture of love to all those people you're here to love and care for, although you might forget about it. And usually it's when people forget that they don't follow through. Also, what experiences do you want to have in your life? Do you want to have kids? Do you want to see them grow up? Do you want to travel different places and learn different things? You know, you're going to need your body to be capable to do all of those adventures that you're planning. And then what kind of a legacy do you want to leave for everybody? Do you want to set a good example for your loved ones to follow? You know, do you want to be an example of hard work and never giving up? And be an example of somebody who sprinkled love and wisdom wherever they went. Or do you want to be a warning sign to everybody else on what not to do? Because if you don't answer that call to make the best of your life, then that's what you may be signing up for. You may be signing up to just be a warning sign to the rest of us on what not to do. So we'll address it in terms of helping them create a powerful enough why. Now, if it's, I can get into detail on what we would do with depression or anxiety in particular, if that's, if that's of interest to you too, or I'm not sure if that answered your question. Oh uh, yeah, you answered my question, but you know, whatever information that you want to share, go right on and share it, man. It's all a, a learning curve for everybody. So, so what you know? will happen is people will get, people will get anxiety, for example, about these times. And a lot of times anxiety comes down to worrying about the future. And it comes down to, in your mind, you're playing like these movie previews of the future, and they're not good movies, right? So it's all focusing on, on <laughs> it's letting your mind wander into the future, into the unknown, and, and thinking about bad possible outcomes. So there's one simple question you can do to ask yourself to pull yourself out of that. And the simple question you can do is you can just ask somebody, what's good about this? Because then you're swinging the pendulum back. What's good about this COVID-19 situation? And you just keep repping it out to fatigue like you would with a weight in the gym because that's how you get stronger. You don't just do it one rep and expect to get results. You got to be like, what's good about this? Uh, you know, you have more time to research online. What's good about this? The environment's healing. What's good about this? You can clean around the house. And you just keep repping it out to fatigue because then people don't feel as anxious because they have a balanced perspective of reality. People in anxiety, they really have an imbalance in perspective. They're really zeroed in on everything that's not, not going the way they want it to. And then they start to catastrophize. So then they start to add more anxieties onto other anxieties. And the way to get out of catastrophic thinking is just to swing the pendulum back with what's good about this. And as trainers and health professionals, we have to be able to recognize this in other people because if somebody indulges in anxiety, then their adherence to exercise goes down, their stress goes up, they become more prone to illness. So as part of being preventative, as part of being a, a professional in preventative health care, we can really have a bigger impact by focusing on the forgotten muscle, the mind. And to, to answer the question on depression, you know, a lot of times people are in, in depression because they're ruminating on the problem. So they just keep thinking about the problem over and over. And it's like a problem obsessed thinking. And for rumination, it's the same thing. It'll, it'll, your adherence to exercise goes down. 
your motivation goes down. And the answer there is to take people out of it by going from problem obsession to solution obsession. So in the same way, we would just ask, how can you make it better? How can you make it better? How can you make it better? And you rep it out to fatigue. You could say, oh, I can make it better by just, you know, just doing some exercise right now. And then I'll, I'll be in a better mental state or listening to my favorite music right now or just eating healthy. So I think better because I've been eating junk this whole time. And maybe that has something to do with my moods feeling low. Or maybe I call a funny friend or a wise mentor. Or maybe I listen to Terrence's podcast and get a pick me up, whatever it might be. So I think. I think it's, you know, in the same way that you may spot people on exercise when they're not doing it with good form. We also, with the Exercise Therapy Association, we're all about that, but we're also about spotting them on bad thought habits with the understanding that a bad thought habit will lead to bad actions. So if somebody indulges in depression, anxiety, negative thinking, they're less likely to follow through on whatever exercise correctives and programs you have them on so we actually take extreme responsibility on looking at people more holistically and addressing them in terms of mental and physical transformation and that's right, what i would right. encourage for all you listeners that that power is actually with you that you could if you decided to make it important to you you could have that impact because you can get somebody pain-free but if they still have a lot of mental struggles then they're still in pain it's just a different type of pain it's emotional pain so right. I would just encourage people that there is that potential and opportunity for all of you to have that kind of an impact. Yeah, awesome. I know sometimes, like right now, so many people are grieving right now with emotional pain already, and they just very slow fall on the couch during this quarantine period, and then they put on the, the dreaded quarantine 15 pounds, and it's becoming a real problem for them now. You know, and um, I'm I'm talking with people, and it's like I just I just can't control. Uh, my emotions right now and they are rewarding their emotions with you know the, the the food and our proper nutrition and now here come the quarantine 15 or maybe even 20 pounds up and going so it really affects their self-image and their self-esteem and really really impact you know uh how they feel about themselves and i just you know i, I agree with you everything you said and also like that but it if you or they don't take care of themselves during this time, then over time, like people focus on the elephant in the room, the COVID-19, but, you know, they're not focusing on all of the other uh, animals or beasts that's in the jungle that's waiting to creep up on them, like type 2 diabetes or, you know, the hypertension, um, obesity that can really contribute even more to the COVID-19. And then, you know, I try to say, look, you know, your depression can tr trigger all these different things if you continue to eat or maybe even reward with alcohol consumption. You know, it, it increases the appetite, lowers the blood pressure. And then also when that happens, it lowers your motivation. So like you just said, people may not be motivated to do the exercises that you put them under uh, to really perform to get better. Uh, not just physically, but mentally, but, you know, they're going to struggle, man. You know, it's a, it's a real big deal. And, you know, this is, this is why I like about uh, this podcast. Cause I get that, you know, interview individuals like yourself who, who really breaks it down um, for people, you know, because a lot of times people hear me talk all day about certain things, but I was like, oh, you can hear from other professionals just like me who can, who can put their own versions of it, but it's going to be the same principles and contents 
and, and beliefs that help get you better. The whole thing is for you to get better. You have to want it. You know, um, I tell people, it's like when they when this quarantine passed, when they lifted, how do you want to look? How do you want to feel? You know, I want to feel like a, a, um, a sports car coming out of this thing. You know, most people, they don't think about it like that. They, you know, they don't put on the weight. You know, they got stiff. They're slow getting up an incline. They're turning into a dump truck. You know, I said, you can't let this beat you. You're going to have to use this as an opportunity to really uh, take measures into your own hands so you can become an asset to your loved ones and not a liability. You know, if you get sick or you get hurt or, or you're already in pain, so now, you know, you're, you're quarantined, you're sitting more, you got joint pain now, whether it's arthritis or bad posture, you know, whatever it is, you know. So I, I, I totally agree with everybody, you know, and that mental, the mental uh, toughness and fitness is everything, man, you know, because it's gonna send the signals down to the body anyway, but if you're not mentally there, then exercise is gonna be something that you totally, um, totally gonna miss. So, how are you? Are you working with anybody who suffers from any type of handicaps or dis, uh, disabilities right now? Because I know everybody needs to move. So, you know, exercise therapy and corrective exercises can really go a long way with these type of populations as well. Yeah. So, first of all, before I answer that, I want to say that I, I, you could probably hear my smile on the other side here. But uh, I was smiling the whole time. I loved a lot of those analogies you just said. I think you absolutely nailed it in terms of, you know, everybody's got a battle. And people like yourself and the listeners on this podcast are almost like generals. Like, you need to motivate these soldiers. You need to get them 10 out of 10 motivated. It's not enough to just have the solution. You've got to get their motivation to a 10 out of 10 to be able to follow through. Because otherwise, there's all these, I like the way you put it, beasts in the jungle. It'll get you whether it's type 2 diabetes and all these other things. So I love that example. Um, one of the populations that I've worked with a lot is the MS population, multiple sclerosis. So, uh, and multiple sclerosis, for those who may not be as aware, it's almost like a, a scalloping of the, of the nerves so that what will happen is that these people will experience ex extreme pain, extreme fatigue, they may be, they may have to be in a wheelchair for a specific period of time. Mentally, they're completely all there. MS does affect mostly females, and it does affect a lot of younger people have it. So in terms of using exercise therapy, I mean, these people and special populations, they can't just take an off-the-shelf fitness routine, an exercise routine. And in many ways, I don't recommend it to them because I think these are the people that really benefit most from having a coach. And a coach can really customize for the population. And usually when you have people with a disability, you know, that you might understand the nature of the disability, but people have it always to a different degree. And it will be very different in every single person that has that disability. So more than anything, what we all want to do is apply some sort of a feedback loop to make sure that what you're doing is actually creating positive change rather than just guessing and blindly prescribing things. Because what can happen is you can end up, you might have your intentions in the right place, but if you don't double check with a feedback loop, you might actually make people worse. So 
for us, what we'll often do is one example of a feedback loop might be range of motion. You know, you might take somebody, say, here, I think we should try out these exercises. Maybe your range of motion is better and you're more pain free. So that might be a feedback loop. Another popular feedback loop would be muscle testing, hands-on muscle testing. So you can test somebody, they hold their arm out in front, you can push down, maybe they, their strength is a two out of 10 and it hurts. Then you apply a corrective recipe and now it's a 10 out of 10 and it's pain-free. So we wanna be able to verify the approach with a feedback loop and truly customize because I think one of the things that our industry is guilty of is that there's many professionals out there that are um, implying that they customize, but really they're giving everybody the same thing. They just put a different name at the top of the workout or whatever, right? So it's it, when it comes to working with special populations, it's uh, there's much more intellectual responsibility to do a good job because you have to be open-minded. You have to experiment to see what's going to work. And, uh, and, but this population, you know, is the population that really truly appreciates the impact you can have because they're already struggling with so much and they already feel so out of control that if you can give them control of their body, then you've just given them some extremely powerful momentum in their life. And that affects everyone that loves them as well, you know, so it can be so much more rewarding than working with a celebrity or a gold medal athlete, just to put it out there. Um, because I've gone through those journeys and I realized that it's, it's actually somebody like this who's kind of disadvantaged that you can help and treat them like the rock star. It's, it's really, it really creates that cinematic life moment for them that they'll never forget the impact that you had. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Most definitely, because, you know, we, we're in the business of taking the diss out of disability, you know, and I, sometimes, you know, I, I, I feel so much for people who have certain type of disabilities or maybe even handicapped, especially during these times right now being quarantined, um, whether I'm um, an online trainer or um, a hybrid trainer, you know, and it's like, I see the pain, I see the frustration, and I see lack of range of motion, uh, stiffness, even weight gain. And it bothers me a lot, you know, because like, you got to do so much. But because of the six feet social distance, and it's, it's very challenging, you know, to get to some clients or whatnot like that. So, you know, um, I, I have a big concern about that because over time, if you can't get to them, to get them to lose some type of weight, you know, it's going to be a problem over time for them. So you mentioned something about MS. You know, a lot of people, uh, I worked with a, a few individuals, women who uh, suffer from MS. You know, they're getting the workout on everything, and we're doing the reps, and uh, I, I, I said, take the pain, take the pain. She said, I suffer from MS. I'm always in pain. <laughs> you know, it, it struck me. And I was like, yeah, you know what, that's right. But, you know, they are so courageous when it comes down to um, working out, controlling their body composition, losing the weight management, controlling their BMI, how they're eating, um, focusing on nutrition and not food, um, reducing flare-ups, you know, and, you know, it's, it's a big deal. So when it comes down to working with 
the MS population. Why is it so important for that population to focus more on um, uh, uh, on 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 heat versus cold? Uh, focus more on really just trying to prime the body up before exercise. Yeah, I, I think, uh, and, and you're talking in terms of just temperature, just warming things up properly? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with, with just the sensitivity of the nerves. If you don't have good pliability in the body, then you can really appreciate that there might be a lot of friction on the inside with those very sensitive nerves. So doing a proper warm-up can really make the difference between somebody feeling great the next day or somebody having an MS flare-up. And, it, it, and if, they have an, if they have too many MS flare-ups working with you, they're probably not going to want to work with you long-term. So right. it's really one of those situations where you have to understand and appreciate how sensitive their system is. It's like a piece of machinery. You wouldn't drive a car without having oil in it well, similarly, if you've got somebody with MS, you don't want to just throw them into a workout without kind of like greasing the system a bit so that they're not going to be creating too much friction on those very sensitive structures. And, and you know, and, and to add to that, like even when I do a warm-up, uh, one of the things I'll do, um, the thing with MS and many disabilities is that they're made worse by stress. Right. So what I'll always do in the warm up is this. I'll always say, all right, before we start, I need to know something good or positive that's happened in your life since we met up last. And I start every session with that. And it's just to prime to put them into that more positive mindset. And I may do I may just tell I may just say to them, you know, tell me something you're grateful for. And I'll do I go, you go. So you tell me one. And then I'll tell you something I'm grateful for. And we'll do three of these back and forth. And it'll only take like a minute. And usually there's a lot of laughter because we'll just joke around about stuff. But you're training, you're training those thought habits as well in the warm-up. Because if these people get into depression and anxiety, then the side effects can be very physical and very severe. So working with these kinds of populations... We have to be. We have to prioritize all of these things because if you take a misstep, there's much more consequences. And one of the things that I do with um, populations that have disabilities, a lot of times, uh, and I'm just throwing this out there. But hopefully, this will be valuable for some of the listeners. But whatever it is they have, a lot of times they have a constant, constant stress about it. You know, like a lot of times, and for MS people, for example, they would say, I have MS and screw you MS. It's like an enemy that's in my body. I'm constantly fighting it. And I change their mindset on it. I'll tell them, you know, if you think you have this enemy in your body, this disability, as you said it, I love the way you said it, just take away the dis. If you think that's what's going on and that's your reality, you're always going to have an undertone of stress. And that stress is always going to make you more susceptible to physical symptoms. So I want you to make friends with MS. Let's talk about all of the good things MS has brought into your life. And um, because of my work with one of the celebrity, Canadian celebrities who has MS, uh, I was a featured uh, mental toughness speaker at the MS conference in Canada. And we did a whole section on making friends with MS. And I had people in the audience who have MS say all the reasons 
why MS has been a friend for them. Like just seeing the support and love of the family, they would have never realized their family loved them so much. They would have never prioritized healthy eating. But MS is almost like a personal trainer, but it, it'll make you hurt if you don't eat well, right? Like, or if you're not exercising and all these different <laughs> things. So once we went around the room, every, and then everyone was talking to me after, like, man, I never thought of making friends with MS. But I would encourage you, whatever, and, and it was almost like, a, it was almost like a, a spiritual mental detox for many of them. Because they had this kind of toxic mindset, and it's just like breaking them out of that spell. And so I would encourage you that whatever special populations you're working with, completely try to brainstorm with them on how they can make friends with it. A similar example is I had this one lady, she had severe chronic back pain for seven years, and she had one big, huge swollen leg. It was like a lymph problem and a car accident and a virus thing all happened at the same time. Saw the specialist that couldn't do anything about it. I asked her, how stressed are you, 1 to 10? She said 11. And I said, okay, well, that's bad math because I asked for 1 to 10 and 11 doesn't fit in that equation. But that's okay. I get the idea, right? And uh, so she's sitting there and she has back pain. And I said, let's talk about all the reasons why this big numb leg is a good thing. So I said, you know, in she has no feeling in this leg. So I said, you could step on a nail and it's not going to hurt you. Like it could hurt somebody else, but not you. That makes you even more of a tougher warrior like nobody can use a leg lock on you in like a ufc match because if they go after that big leg you're not going to feel it right then we went into examples of how you know in some parts of the world being big is beautiful and in some parts of the world being petite for a woman is beautiful and i said you can offer a man the best of both worlds you can be like who do you want tonight honey do you want the the petite woman or do you want the big mare you know so we went on and we were laughing and coming up with all these examples and by the end of that session her pain was gone and she was breathing different and i didn't get to the physical correctors with her and i never had to because a lot of her physiology your psychology becomes your physiology so her breathing patterns were creating spinal compression she had an inverted chest breathing pattern she was super anxious but once she got to like zero out of 10 stressed out about her physical state that she couldn't change, then her physiology changed, the body relaxed, and it took pressure off of some sensitive areas. And her life turned around after that session. And literally, I didn't even get to the physical stuff yet. But I think, you know, wow. one of the most important things working with disabilities is addressing them both mentally and physically. That powerful combination can help you to really be that one person that can really change their life. Yeah, that's 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 awesome, man. So you 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 just said breathing. That's so funny that you said breathing because I was just thinking about breathing. How important is it for people to practice great uh, great breathing techniques? Because a lot of times people don't really focus on breathing as much or as they should when it comes down to corrective exercises or exercise therapy, meditation. Uh, breathing can really naturally lower their blood pressure, changes their mood. How important is it for people to practice this deep breathing exercise? I, I think you cannot have proper physiological stabilization of the spine if you don't have a proper breathing pattern. So if you want to get somebody out of physical aches and pains, at some level, breathing can hold you back. You can be doing everything right, but if the breathing isn't right, they won't have proper physiological stabilization. And the thing is, people are breathing... You know, 
tens of thousands of times a day. And if you have an inverted breathing pattern, you're doing shoulder shrugs all day long. And maybe you have shoulder and neck pain. Well, if you're doing 28,000 shoulder shrugs a day, how do you think that's going to affect you? You got to treat breathing like an exercise you're doing all day long. If you're doing 28,000 belly breaths, then you're doing 28,000 core contractions. And you're also pumping the organs of digestion, which can help you to digest better and keep things moving. And it also puts you into healing mode. So everybody's got two different nervous system modes, parasympathetic and sympathetic. Parasympathetic puts you into healing and recovery, and you can flip the switch on that with belly breathing. Sympathetic is like fight or flight, and that's chest breathing. So if somebody's always chest breathing, then we're never flipping them into healing mode. So you can try all your healing methods, but if you don't essentially resolve breathing, you may never be successful. So I look at it as absolutely essential to long-term results. Now, I could be wrong. I this has been I'm basing this as my truth after 30,000 one-on-one hours that sometimes you have to address the breathing and with breathing sometimes it just I usually want to address the cause as well a lot of times it's sheer habit a lot of times it's stress you know Um, so you want to be able to address the cause and be able to help them you really got to sell them on it like sell them on the idea with some of the different things I've said to you that this is really essential um, but I think, I think it's absolutely a critical piece. I'm surprised it's not talked about more and it's not a more essential, uh, educational piece. Like when I was in kinesiology in university, they never mentioned it once. Wow. But then it was one of those things that we had to learn about in the field. We're like, okay, well, uh, I'm applying everything I learned in university in kinesiology and this client's not getting results. Clearly I didn't get all the education pieces I needed to be successful. So that's where you have to be a bit of a detective. Yeah, a lot of times you you know you you're gonna get a great education. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of the, the things that you're really gonna get educated on is in the field uh, with experience. You know, hands on. You know. So what about somebody who may suffer from COPD or some uh, asthma, or some type of our respiratory system, you know, uh, problems that they may have a hard time focusing on breathing, but they need to work out. They can't feel like they can really push themselves physically because their respiratory system always gives out faster. How would you help them improve? Well, other than the things mentioned, I would focus a lot when somebody has a respiratory system issue, I focus a lot on the alignment of the neck and the breathing pathways. We want to be able to optimize those. I'll find that a lot of times somebody might have an excessive cervical curvature. So what will happen is their their neck, bones, and you have to actually feel the bones because you can't eyeball this because the skin can look, can make the neck alignment look normal. If you just walk your fingers along the back of the neck bones, you might feel it kind of dip inward. And that would be more of an excessive curvature. So what I like to do is help to realign that because sometimes you can think of it with the respiratory system. We don't want them to have a kink in the hose. We want to open up the airways as much as possible so that it's not because they already have an underlying physiological challenge. uh, We want to be able to do what we can to not be able to make that challenge as significant for them so 
Posture becomes huge. Taking out any of the excess curvatures of the spine is absolutely a big thing. And then, I mean, one of the things I'll say that's universal to everybody, no matter what disability they have, is I I pitch it to them like this. I'll say, hey, look, you and I are going to do this like a group project, okay? I'm going to bring the research and background and everything to the situation, but I want you to know that everything is an experiment. Everything is an experiment. So we'll try different things, and I want you to know that if something doesn't work, we'll put it on the C list. So I have like an A list, a B list, and a C list. A list is like exercises and stretches that always make things better. B list are things that we're not quite sure about yet. And C list are things that made things worse. And I'll say, hey, look, look at this list. If we try anything and it doesn't work out, we're going to put it on the C list. But I'm not a fortune teller so or a psychic. So I can't tell you exactly without fail, 100%, everything that's always going to work for you. There has to be some level of experimentation. Once you're very clear in declaring that with clients, they're open-minded to it and they won't freak out if something doesn't go the right way. Maybe you tried a neck exercise and for some reason it bothered them the next day or something like that. So I think it's important to always be able to present everything as an experiment with them and to treat it with a, a spirit of cooperation with the client. It's also more empowering for them to feel that involved. Yeah, man, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So you, uh, before we close, I got one more question. Well, ask a couple, two more questions, and I'm going to let you get into uh, some final thoughts and how and where everybody can find you. So you just talk about uh, the cervical spine, the stiffness in the neck. With these days of everybody has doing that forward tilt on their cell phones, they got, or they got that anterior pelvic tilt going on from bad posture, you know, are you seeing a high influx in people who have um, increase of um, cervical spine uh, stiffness, uh, whether it's rotation, you know, a strain in the neck, anything since we on the neck, you mentioned neck, something about neck issues. Are you seeing that now? Because I've seen that a lot of times now. I'm, I'm definitely seeing it a lot, but what I'm seeing is a lot of other neck issues that aren't getting addressed. Like if somebody has a very straight neck, they can have a lot of pressure on the brachial plexus nerves and not a lot of people are good at assessing and applying a corrective situation for that with the hips you know anterior tilt is something that a lot of people can see but i'm getting a lot more transverse plane twist misalignments through the pelvis and very few health and therapy professionals are assessing and correcting for that i'm even seeing posterior tilt occasionally where it's excessively posteriorly tilted and usually traditional methods just make those people worse. So I think, you know, there's a, there's definitely a lot out there. Based on this time in human history, we're definitely going to see more anterior tightening, just the nature. People aren't doing farm work like they did 100 years ago. So I think in general, we're definitely going to see a lot more of this anterior tightness you're talking about. But I'd encourage everybody to just keep an eye open because there are some other types of misalignments that you can find and fix. Uh, that are very, very common as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm seeing misalignments when people get on the floor trying to do crunches or a type of ab exercise, and they they, 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 they spinal cord just can't line up on the floor or, or when they lean up against the wall, I can see deviations in the spinal cord, like the, the points of the, from the uh, back of the head all the way down to the heel of their feet. Some points from doesn't line up on there, you know, and I'm seeing a lot of deviations uh, pain, you know, everything. I was like, man, this is crazy. So, you know, you made excellent point. I, you know, Brandon, tell 
any final thoughts? Any final thoughts? Anything that you want to share as long as you want to, as long as you can. How much information you give and then tell everybody where, how they can find you. Okay, so if you want to find me, Brennan J. Fox at Facebook, Exercise Therapy Association on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, best ways to find us. Uh, Also, I'm doing coronavirus mental toughness movement on Facebook right now where I'm putting a lot of the mental toughness stuff specific to coronavirus. But other than that, forget about me, because if you're listening to this podcast and you've made it this far, then you're absolutely an exceptional individual. And deep down, you know that because most people wouldn't be investing in their wisdom the way you are now with tuning into us. So I just want to reach out to the listener right now that's sitting there and I want to give you a virtual pat on the back. Because I know that you must have a heart of gold. You must be an extraordinary soul because you're doing this so you can better the lives of other people. And I just want to say that I give you nothing but honor and respect. And people like myself and people like Terrence are doing this all to help you because we think you have a very important mission in this life and that your life absolutely matters because when you're better, you improve the lives of many other people beyond you. So you can be a powerful force for good in this world when you apply your effort and learning and we're here to help you do that and i just want to give you all honor and respect for being here today thank you so much ladies and gentlemen like i keep telling everybody you know i told you guys i always have guests on that's delivering the best content the best wisdom and education and those aha moments a lot of information that's going to increase your quality of living increase your 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 abundance of living it's all wealth building here and we're not talking just about money okay we're talking about the increase of your lifespan the increase of your quality of living and you're doing it for your last name and not for your first name like you said earlier you got people depending on you okay depending on you when you got stiffness and joints and you know hip problems knee problems feet problems dorsiflexion problems you know you can't move the way you once did 20 30 years ago imagine if you can get your life back from uh pain-free movement functional fitness corrective exercises this is why uh i asked uh brandon fox to come on he's well renowned he's worked with you know olympic gold athletes celebrities soccer moms it doesn't matter uh disabled handicapped population it does not matter he does it all he worked with it all you know he's been around you know now um over the last 17 years he's the founder of the exercise therapy association and they're doing great things in toronto but also they're performing on the global stage you know what i'm saying so it's like it you know it it just it just it just makes me happy man that i can really connect with individuals who are sharing you know, to really help people right now. Like you just mentioned, he's doing the coronavirus mental toughness program, which I will be checking it out because even me, myself, I need some extra push. You know, a lot of times I'm pushing myself, but sometimes I need the extra push too from other coaches such as uh, Brandon. So I'll definitely be tuning into that to get some nuggets there that I can incorporate into my practice and into my, my fitness routines. You know, because it's important that we stay in shape as well. We have to practice what we preach. Okay, so we have to make sure that we are the better versions of ourselves for people who are paying attention to us, you know, and who are who are actually coming to us for help. 
So, man, this is this is what I'm saying. So, this is the Your Best Lifestyles International Podcast. You know, we right here, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, um, Apple, Google, and, and soon to be on um, iTunes. Now, we're already on iTunes. We um, um iHeart and Pandora platforms as well. So we're looking be looking to get there as well. So you know, we everywhere. We are everywhere right now. So once again, like I said during the introduction of the show, uh the intro, that we appreciate you guys. All our advertisers, all our sponsors, people who show love and really want to be a part of the uh the podcast. Thank you so much because without you guys and, and great guests uh, professionals who've been doing it for years, like Brendan here, we can't do it without you. Matter of fact, we don't want to do it without you because, you know, <laughs> y'all motivate us. Y'all motivate me as well. So we want to take time to say thank you, Brendan Fox. Make sure that you follow him on all social media platforms like I am, um, exercisetherapyassociation.com. Go register. Go take his courses. All you CPTs out there who want a specialty training trust me on this one this is a this is a good program that you want to uh get in there you know and get a specialty going on because a lot of times you know you know uh, a lot of people are suffering in silence right now with chronic pain they need that help you know they want to work out maybe it's the medication that they own maybe it's the side effects that made them gain weight you know and they they need help to try to offset that you know so this is the perfect type of specialty certification that you can have to really increase their quality of living and really decrease their bmi or their body composition and this help them with great weight management and they're not putting on a lot of extra weight that's going to increase the other things that can really do more harmful to their to their life you know what i'm saying so it's like it's important so we really appreciate you uh, Brandon, for coming in, you share so much knowledge and so much wisdom, and I was taking notes and I'm writing down things, and I really appreciate you. And uh, just give me a second, just hold there for a minute. So this is the Your Best Lifestyles podcast, and uh, if you want to be a guest, you want to sponsor or even advertise, you know, go to the website www.yourbestlifestyles with s.com connect with us there and then we get back to you within a few hours okay so whatever you want to do we are here man you know um health is wealth you know be an asset to your family members so you can be an asset to the world okay so if you get ill or if you get you know injured your quality of life slows down and that's going to affect your money that's going to affect your business that's going to affect your career that's going to affect your personal relationships okay um, it's going to affect a whole lot of different things, and it's going to be a trickle-down effect, too, and that's going to really stress you out, which is a whole other different thing, okay? So we want to make sure that you stay in shape and um, getting mental tough, like Brendan said. You know, it's very important to start in the mind first, and then the body will follow. So um, thank you, and I'll talk to you guys on the next podcast, and make sure that you connect with us. I, I am your host, Terrence Hutchinson, and we appreciate you guys, and have a good night.
Welcome back to another explosive episode of the Your Best Lifestyles International Podcast. Sponsored today by Eminence TV Streaming. Say goodbye to cable TV. Save hundreds of dollars on your cable bill by subscribing to Eminence TV and you get all the premium local and sports channels. You can choose from over 3,000 live channels with movies and TV shows on demand. Plus, you'll be able to stream on the TV from the comfort of your home or on the go with any smartphone or tablet. Subscribing is fast and simple. There's no social security number needed, no contracts, and no credit checks. For more information, visit them today at www.buynitrotv.com to subscribe to this amazing, hot streaming service. That's www.buynitrotv.com.